0: Welcome everyone to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host, Viz, and I want to welcome all of our viewers from around the world. If you are joining us for the first time this evening and want more information about our show, please visit us on the web at deadtalklive.com. That is also the name where you can find us on all our social media platforms where this broadcast is simultaneously Streamed. it includes youtube instagram facebook twitch and twitter simultaneously going live on all those platforms if you have yet to subscribe to us on uh, youtube or any of those platforms you can head on over there just look us up dead talk live and your follow or, or subscription would be greatly appreciated if you're on tw- or youtube right now if you can hit the thumbs up button on this broadcast if you enjoy it that would also be greatly appreciated i uh, want to welcome some of our viewers of course we have our normal moderators we have saz on youtube twitch twitter and facebook and then we have khaleesi and singer on YouTube, I want to welcome all our moderators for doing such a great job every night. On Facebook, we have Philip Thompson, we have Alicia, we have Grace. Uh, welcome to all you guys. Rick Grimes is joining us on YouTube. Lindsey Sparks, our faithful and loyal great viewer from Canada, is joining us tonight. On the Instagram side, we have Tonys, we have Mill. We have Andre, Marie is moderating on Instagram, saying hello to everyone. Raphael is joining us, and the list goes on and on and on. Welcome, I hope everyone is enjoying the start of their weekend. It is Friday, right? Yep, it is. Friday, January 8th. And a reminder, this coming Tuesday, January 12th, we are going to have our very special guest, Uh, Scream queen, horror legend, Barbara Crampton is going to be joining us live right here on the show starting at 9.30 p.m. Eastern U.S. time. Uh, Barbara is a legend within the horror genre. She is coming out with a new movie that we discussed yesterday. It's an H.P. Lovecraft story converted into a movie. So lots to talk about with Barbara. You guys don't want to miss it. We're also working on a lot of other interviews, and once we get final confirmation on those, we will go ahead and announce them on our website, deadtalklive.com. So, with that being said, let's just go ahead and get started with what we have on top for today, and who knows who this is? Uh, of course, our Instagram viewers uh, who are watching live, they're, you know picky on allowing only portrait view so you guys can't see the picture and the website i'm putting up to the right of me uh but who knows who this is this was a person uh a child actress from the walking dead who happens to be ted danson's daughter now i know a lot of you uh, especially younger generation may have no idea who ted danson is ted danson was a pretty big actor uh the star of cheers back in the 80s and and the 90s and so on. But, you know, I won't keep you in suspense much longer. Uh, On the series premiere of the new sitcom Mr. Mayor, written by SNL's own Tina Fey and Robert Carlock, TV legend Ted Danson plays Neil Brenner on his first day as mayor of Los Angeles. Like all people, political or not, Neil faces challenges at work and at home. His teenage daughter, Orly, is portrayed by 17-year-old actress, Kyla Kennedy. And this is who Kyla Kennedy is. That's right. You remember her? Mika. That's right. Mika, who was savagely, savagely murdered by her sister Lizzie in uh, season four of The Walking Dead. Uh, Very tragic, Uh, but she's 17. She is 17 years old right now. Going back to this is her picture right now. She's grown into a beautiful young lady. Uh, So kind of excited to see her. On the screen again, as, uh, you know, pretty much an adult actress, Uh, she played the role of Mika splendidly on The Walking Dead. It broke all our hearts, that scene, oh my god, you know, that scene where Carol and Tyrese walk up on Lizzie holding a bloody knife and Mika laying dead on the ground, and Lizzie reassuring Carol and Tyrese, it's okay, it's okay, she's coming back. That's how deranged and disturbed uh, Lizzie was, and I gotta say it, I gotta keep saying it, that is Michael Satrazimus's directorial debut, it was that episode, which is called The Grove, in season four of The Walking Dead. Uh, he did a fantastic job uh and he has become a legendary director in the walking dead universe ever since this episode of course now he is on fear the walking dead as an executive producer and still directing fear the walking dead while also still directing the walking dead as well uh he is a very much wanted man in the walking dead universe and beyond uh you know there are people wanting him from well outside the walking dead universe because he's absolutely brilliant director behind the camera but i just wanted to share this with you guys here's mika uh this is from uh the amc the, this is not the official amc walking dead account uh it goes on to say such an angel Here is a picture of Mika. Kyla is best known for her roles on The Walking Dead, Ryan's 10-year-old daughter, and Lizzie's little sister, Mika Samuels. Uh, She also starred in The Night Shift as Brianna and Speechless with Minnie Driver, among others. Here we have pictures of Lizzie and Mika while they were on the show. Apparently this was the episode, obviously with the amount of blood on them, where Lizzie killed Mika. And uh, of course, Lizzie is played by the uh, very talented Brighton Charbonneau, who has done pretty well for herself on social media and is an actress. So she has gone on to do a lot of great stuff. Uh, Congratulations to Brighton and to all her success and now looks like little sister mika uh, is going to follow in her footsteps with the same kind of success khaleesi writes i've seen her on night shift she was awesome in it uh jackie on facebook writes how can i get a role on this show well you got to be an actor that's number one and uh, you got to audition and that's it and if you're a good actor And if you're exactly what they want for a particular role, there's a good chance you'll become an actor on The Walking Dead. Uh, There's no secret handshake or secret passkey that you need to say to become an actor or show. It takes a a lot of hard work, dedication, and you have to be ready for a lot of rejection because in the entertainment business, you have to be able to take... And withstand a lot of rejection, and take it as a uh, stepping stone onto your next thing, because just because you get rejected for a part doesn't mean you're a bad actor, bad actor, bad actress. It just means that you're they, you were not what they were looking for for that particular role. That's all it means. That's all it means. And like Saz just pointed out you got to have a thick, tough skin. Uh, Don't take it as criticism. Take it constructively and use that experience and moving on to the next role that you want to pursue. Now, if you just want to be an actor just to be on The Walking Dead, that's just not going to work, okay? First of all, that means you don't have the dedication to the craft. Uh, You have to be dedicated and have a love and a passion for acting. If you just want to be an actor just for the sake of getting a role on your favorite TV show and that's it, that's not going to work. So, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. It's not going to work. You know, hell, I would like to be on The Walking Dead. Uh, So would a lot of other people like to be on The Walking Dead who watch it. But we're not all cut out to be on The Walking Dead. We're not all cut out to be actors. So, but I do believe we all have our talents. Uh, Khaleesi writes, yep. So here we go. Uh, this is the picture below that is of Brighton and uh, little Mika, who uh, I'm just drawing. Sorry, Kyla Kennedy. I drew a brain fart right there and remembering her real name. And here's Kyla Kennedy's account on Instagram, if you guys want to follow her. It's just her name if you want to look her up, Kyla Kennedy. And you can see what she's up to. Uh, check out Kyla as Dylan on Speechless with guest star Bella Thorne, who plays JJ's prom date in the video below. So there you guys have it. Some news on what's going on with little sister Mika and how her you know her acting career, is flourishing, and we're very happy for her. Khaleesi writes, both girls grew up fast. Well, it was season four, so we're going... It's been over seven years. Seven years uh, since they filmed that episode. When we had Michael Satrazimus on this show, I believe he said at the time that Lizzie was like 11... Uh, Brighton Charbonneau was like 11, and uh, uh, Kyla, who played Mika, was somewhere between the ages of 7 and 9. That's what happens in 7 years. Kids grow up quick. They grow up quick. Rowena is with us on Facebook and saying hello. Want to welcome CNA and Bennett on Instagram. Thank you guys for joining us. So, hey. You know, this is no surprise. There's a Walking Dead Monopoly game. Why not? There's a Monopoly version of uh, almost every other theme. Why not the Walking Dead? You know, I would love to see. Let's see if they mention some of the properties that are on uh, that are available. But check this out. Check out the. Uh, I don't know if you guys can see the picture is kind of small. Of uh, the uh, the weapons, the revolver. You have the uh, deputy's hat that was Rick, then became Carl's, and then it became Judith's. You have, of course, uh, Michonne's katana sword. Uh, You have a lot of cool stuff. Uh, For those out there that love The Walking Dead and can't seem to get enough of it, maybe a new strategy is needed to to fill your need for walkers in life. Now, Saz, uh, you know, I was going to ask you, This is something you need to get, but Saz already has it. I don't think there's a piece of memorabilia associated to The Walking Dead that our awesome moderator and producer of this show, Saz, does not have. I was going to say, hey, look, Saz, look what you can get, but of course she already has it. But look at the price tag of this game. $83. Yikes. That is expensive. Uh, sounds worth it if you have the cash to spare but 83 dollars for a board game that's a little pricey um uh, there are plenty of cards strategy and board games out there based on shows and comics we have taken the liberty of compiling our favorite games based on the walking dead below so you do not have to do the work so of course there's the monopoly game the walking dead uh, I'd love to talk to Saz and let us know, Saz, during the chat, what kind of properties are available on this board game for The Walking Dead. I mean, I know we probably have Alexandria, Hilltop, uh, Oceanside, and so on, the prison. But are they? Are there any unexpected properties? I have not seen this the, the actual board layout, and this picture is way too small to zoom in in and, and get an accurate reading on all those props, on all those properties out. So let's see. There's the best defense board game of The Walking Dead coming in at a price of $55 on Amazon. There's Risk, survival edition of The Walking Dead. Wow, I remember Risk. Uh, Let's see. The Walking Dead TV board game. So this is a game... That has been exclusively made up for The Walking Dead. Uh, Sa- I'm sure Saz has this as well. Uh, I don't think, like I said, I don't think there's any Walking Dead memorabilia, games, whatnot that she doesn't have. But I wonder what the rules are to this game. Kill best friend, keep you know, move on to next. Uh, take move up five spaces. Get killed by best friend, pay five hundred dollars and go to jail. <laughs> Who the hell knows? uh let's see trivial pursuit now i'm a huge fan of trivial pursuit i haven't played it in almost two decades okay but growing up we would love uh playing trivial pursuit yes this is going back to the days before the internet where people actually sat together physically in a room and played games like trivial pursuit uh parcheesi Uh, and a whole bunch of other great games that I'm sure a lot of you have never heard of. But Trivial Pursuit sounds like a fun game, and it's only 45 bucks. And to be serious, I would honestly, I'm thinking about getting this. Uh, You know, a little family game night of Trivial Pursuit. I know me and my my 16-year-old son... Are the biggest Walking Dead fans in the family. So it would be good to watch me and him go head to head in this trivia game to see who comes out on top. <laughs> I think that would be funny. Uh, Philip Thompson writes, I just got my Walking Dead hat and sweater today. Awesome. Very nice. Uh, Philip also writes, I think I'm going to get the game. Sounds like so much fun. They do. Oh, clue. Of course, why would there not be a Clue version to The Walking Dead? Okay, so let's see. Shane did it in the prison basement with Rick's machete. (laughs) That's how the game of Clue works. It's a mystery detective game. If you guys have never played the board game of Clue, it is loads of fun. You gotta guess who's the murderer, what the weapon... Is that was used to commit the murder, and in which place did the murder take place. Once you guess all three of those, and you guess successfully, you win the game. And the way the game works, it's it's done on a uh, process of elimination. Everyone gets cards, and there are three cards tucked away. One of those cards is the actual murderer, the room, and the weapon. And whichever are put away, and whoever guesses what's in the secret card, uh, the envelope that has all three cards, wins the game. Uh, and, and speaking of Clue, this is a non-horror movie, but they made a TV movie. Uh, God, it must be back in 88 or 89, I'm guessing, at the year, starring Tim Curry and a whole bunch, uh, Christ- uh, Christopher Plummer... Uh, Man, it was uh, like a who's who of stars back then in the movie. Uh, And it was amazing. A funny movie. The board game came out first. And then they decided to do a movie based on the board game. And to this day, I can just watch Clue over and over again. I loved the movie Clue. I don't know if any of you guys out there have seen it. But it is loads of fun. Janie Joe from Canada is with us on Instagram saying, Really buzzy, but I will be here every Friday. Sorry. Okay. Janie, I think you mean busy. Really busy, but I will be here every Friday night that will come because I don't work. Well, it's a pleasure to have you whenever you can make it, Janie. Uh, the officials just joined us. Miss The Walking Dead has just joined us. Uh, Blob Bros is with us on YouTube, saying, Face is looking a little bit squished. Whose face? Uh, uh Philip writes, I'm going to Amazon and going to order it. So let's see what other games they have here. The Walking Dead card game. This would be interesting to find out the rules to that. Oh my God, look at these games. The dice game, Don't Look Back. Holy cow, I didn't know there were this many board games. Uh, Escape Room in a Box? Uh, Let's see, that was it. Damn, I didn't know. You know, I gotta give credit. Board games have survived through the decades. There are still a lot of people out there that enjoy playing board games, uh, which is great. That's great to see. Because, yeah, you know, the invention of the internet, doing everything online is fun. But actually sitting down with a group of family and friends and enjoying a board game, that really brings people together. Uh, Khaleesi writes, Knives Out, movie sounds like Clue. Uh, Daniel is with us on Facebook. Hello, Daniel. Lindsay on Facebook has seen the movie Clue. It seems like a lot of you guys have not seen it. Highly recommend the movie Clue. It is funny, pure comedy, no horror. It is just, like I said, just pure comedy. So, next on the list, season 11 will mark the final season of The Walking Dead, which of course we already know, which means possibly tying up loose ends and perhaps a new beginning for several characters as we anxiously await the additional six bonus episodes, and guys, it's coming. February twenty eighth is the premiere. Uh, January is going by pretty quick. We're already at January eighth. Uh, the premiere, the first episode of six of those bonus Walking Dead episodes, is going to premiere on February twenty eighth, uh, and then we're gonna get we're gonna get six episodes. One right after the other for six straight weeks, and then we're going to have to wait. Hopefully, uh, in October, we're going to get the premiere of season 11 of The Walking Dead. Anyway, they have a little list here, Negan and Maggie. While obvious, there's no doubt that Negan and Maggie will have to meet yet again face-to-face, only this time, both are very changed people while we while we've seen negan change over the years from being a lone prisoner distraught from losing lucille to the man who rose up and killed alpha who sorry who killed alpha killed alpha we haven't seen what maggie has been up to is she going to regret her decision not to kill negan when she had the chance or will she learn to accept and we have read the uh, the table read. We know that she accepts it. And so that's not really a big mystery. Connie. Connie's whereabouts remain a mystery throughout season 10 until finally it was revealed that she did survive the Cave of Walkers. In her exhausted state, she stumbled unknowingly into Virgil before passing out. So what the hell has Connie been up to? Uh, it looks like she has been running and running for her life uh, since we last saw her in that cave. And from what we know, when she escaped and her and Magna got separated in the horde of walkers that was attacking Hilltop. But she looked in pretty rough shape. What exactly has been going on with her? We have no idea. We've got a way to find out. To put it bluntly, Connie needs to be present for the majority of the season. She needs to be reunited with Daryl, Kelly, and the rest of the group, considering they had been trying to find her as they clung to hope that she somehow survived. Connie proved to be a very strong character who was very determined with a natural warmth about her. Her return to the group will bring much-needed hope, to those who need it the most, as a reminder that not everyone they care about dies. And Connie, to my in my opinion, is one of those characters that brings some. Uh, I don't want to say comic relief, but brings in love. I guess is the best word. She brings in love in a world where there's not enough love. I know that sounds cheesy but I could not think of a better word to describe it right here on the spot. Uh, Hopefully you guys know what I mean. Number three on the list is the Commonwealth. Unless the Walking Dead decides to take a different direction, it might not be a surprise that the Commonwealth has found Eugene, Princess, Ezekiel, and Yumiko. If that is the case, we we get to finally see another community and perhaps a new home for our heroes. Uh, You know, I wouldn't call them heroes. They're just trying to survive. They've done some shitty stuff. Let's all be honest with each other. They've all done some shitty stuff to survive. Uh, Let's just call them our survivors. With the hilltop and the kingdom gone and Alexandria in rough shape, the Commonwealth may become the new and last location we will see on the show that's pretty much guaranteed at least on the you know the original show the walking dead who knows how many different communities we may run across in the spin-offs we know we're getting the Daryl and Carol spin-off tales of the walking dead which i'm sure we'll see many communities come and go in single episodes uh and they're talking about that comedy spin-off we talked about that yesterday It would be both a happy and a sad move as our heroes have come to love Alexandria, but will understandably need to move somewhere more secure. I don't really see that happening. I think I I would love for the TV uh, version of The Walking Dead to, uh, yeah, obviously make the Commonwealth, which is pretty far away. Uh, According to what we know so far in the TV version of The Walking Dead, the Commonwealth is located somewhere in West Virginia, Charleston, West Virginia, which is the west of West Virginia, uh, over the Blue Ridge Mountains, on the other side of the Blue Ridge Mountains, for those of you that are not familiar where Charleston, West Virginia is, as opposed to Alexandria, which is just across the river from Washington, D.C. That's a long distance, especially in a post-apocalyptic world where there are no cars. If you're lucky enough to have a horse, you're lucky enough to have a horse. Uh, If you don't, you're hoofing it. So how could these communities like Alexandria, Hilltop, which will be rebuilt, and the Commonwealth coexist when geographically they are just so far apart? Uh, I hope they keep Alexandria. I hope they don't decide to ditch Alexandria and have our survivors, uh, by the end of the show in 2022, all be citizens of the Commonwealth in West Virginia. I personally would not want to see that happen. Uh, let's see. Uh, Lindsay writes, a man, Khaleesi, that was the best way to describe Connie Singer Chick writes, maybe they called them heroes because they were supposed to be uh, going to find help when they left. Maybe, Uh, you know, I'm just taking their body of work since the beginning of the show. Uh, Let's see. Rivero on Instagram is uh, giving us a smiley face and writes, games of drones versus the walking dead. We did an episode on that a couple days ago. We compared the Walkers from uh, Game of Thrones to the Walkers on The Walking Dead. Mimimu is saying, hey, Viz, welcome meme." Kat is also waving at us on Instagram. Welcome to Kat. All right, let's see what the final two are. New leadership. With Rick Grimes still missing and Michonne now on her way to hopefully finding him, who will lead the group towards this new era of peace? Alpha and the Whisperers had destroyed so much. It will take time to rebuild and heal, but they won't be able to do uh, so without some form of direction. We have seen Father Gabriel take the mantle with bravery, but will the Commonwealth, as mentioned above, make uh, this decision for them? And I'm still sticking to my guns here. I think when it's all said and done with, I really truly believe that Negan is going to be the voice or the leader of our survivors. The ones that we know. We haven't really met the Commonwealth yet. I think Negan is going to play a much vital role in the interaction between our survivors and the common and the commonwealth as opposed to the role that negan had in the comic books alone so that's my opinion i have not that's how i hope it turns out i think that would be a great story uh you know a re, a redemption arc i don't know if there's anything that will ever complete Negan's redemption arc considering all the crappy stuff that he has done for there is never going to be absolution for that he will have to work for the rest of his life trying to make up for all of the crappy stuff that he has done in the past but I really think out of all of the people that are left in in the communities that we know of the best leader and i'm even putting daryl in this mix the best leader to lead them forward is negan he's extremely intelligent he knows the right moves to make and now that he has been knocked down several pegs since rick defeated him his ego is not so much of a hindrance As it was in the past when he was the leader of the saviors. So that is why I believe that Negan is the one to step up and be the voice slash leader of our communities. Uh, But if the group does not go to the Commonwealth, should Father Gabriel take the post full time? No, I'm sorry. I just don't see Gabe, I don't see Gabriel being the one uh i can't put my finger on it but he's lacking something that would make him a bona fide leader i can't put my finger on it right now but there's something lacking there that just doesn't complete him as the leader that is needed in a post-apocalyptic world or should it go to another my opinion negan for the for the matter should a council be put in place Once again, instead, I think having a council is great, but every council needs a leader. Uh, Before Michonne left, she was that leader of Alexandria, and there was a council. Even though whatever the council decided, if Michonne wanted to do something, it was going to be done the way Michonne wanted to do it. Khaleesi writes, when Maggie had a chance to kill him and didn't, Then he saved Judith and Lydia, took out Alpha, and him and Daryl worked together, took out Beta. Now Glenn was my man, but Negan is forgiven for me. Uh, Philip on Facebook writes, Negan's gonna rise to power again like he was before. He is gonna rise to power, but not like he did before, using pure intimidation. He is going to rise to power in what I believe is a more sustainable way by actually slowly getting, begrudgingly getting the respect of people like Carol, Daryl, hell, maybe even Maggie. We have to see how that plays out, but maybe even Maggie. Singer Chick writes, I think Aaron and Maggie should be a team he has been at alexandria all along maggie was leading hilltop i think they could do it i don't know let's see how it works out Uh, last but not least rick grimes even though rick grimes films will hopefully uh focused on our hero Again, I have a problem. I love Rick Grimes. He's a survivor. He, was my, he is my favorite character on The Walking Dead. But a hero? He's just a survivor. Let's not forget all the bad decisions he made. You know, a lot of blood is on Rick Grimes' hands. A wonderful way for The Walking Dead to wrap up would be his reappearance in some way, shape, or form. Perhaps he can appear on the series finale walking hand in hand with michonne there is no there is not gonna be a happy ending to this series let's put it that way especially since we know it's continuing in spin-offs it's not going to be them walking off together into a rainbow sunset that's not how it's going to play out there are no happy endings in the walking dead universe Uh, perhaps we hear his voice coming through a radio and then the group hears him. Now we do know at some point in season 11, something happens that causes a majority of the big players in the group to split off because they find out that Rick might be alive. That's all we know. And this has come out, uh, through official channels, I believe way back when, surprisingly it has not been mentioned in any articles recently but something happens in season 11 that causes the likes of like daryl or carol or so on to split off from whatever is going on with the commonwealth to go out and search for rick and i think that's going to happen is because that's how they're hoping to lead in into uh, the Rick Grimes movies. Now we know World Beyond is the big lead-in to the Rick Grimes movies, but they can also have to do something on The Walking Dead that leads us into this first movie with Rick Grimes. Uh, As much as the show has changed so much over the years, Rick Grimes has and always will be the foundation. I agree. He is the main character that we followed since the first episode. He set the groundwork for so many other characters to stand up, take charge once he left. Being able to see Rick Grimes alive and well, even for a moment, would be a fantastic way to end the series. I guess they didn't even once mention that we're getting three movies with Rick Grimes. Uh, let's see, uh, Condon on Instagram, has Eugene met his girlfriend yet? Uh, he's going to, uh, Stephanie has been cast, who has been the voice on the other end of the radio that he has been talking to, uh, he has been, she has been cast by uh, actress Margot Bingham. That's the actress that's going to play Stephanie. We have not officially yet met her on the screen. We're going to. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen in the six bonus episodes starting at the end of February. It's more than likely going to be sometime in the early parts of season 11, which will start uh, at the end of uh, this year. So we'll see. Anyway, uh, damn how time flies. Uh, Vera Farmiga, I love Vera Farmiga. Norma Bates on the Bates Motel, uh, in the Conjuring movies, talented, wonderful actress. Uh, I mean, I can't stop. I don't. I have so many good things to say. I love Vera Farmiga. I think she's a wonderful actress. Uh, now, according to the Hollywood Reporter, Oscar nominee Vera Farmiga. Has officially signed on for the leading role in Bryce McGuire's upcoming feature-length directorial debut titled Bad Bloom which is being described as a horror fairy tale on top of starring for Formiga will also be serving as producer that'll be awesome Bad Bloom is a horror fairy tale that is set to portray a family living in isolation on a remote island to keep an unknown creature at bay. Their tightly guarded reality begins to unravel when one of the children learns the monster they feared is not the monster they envisioned. Maybe it's a little bit of a ghost. Who knows? The film will be produced by John Rubinstein and Galt Niederhofer. Through their authentic management productions, along with Ruminat Films' Ren hockey. Production is expected to begin later this year. And how many of you guys out there watched Bates Motel on uh, TV? Uh, if you're a fan of the original Psycho movie, uh, Bates Motel is a great lead-in. To what happened all the way through the beginning of the Psycho movie, where we see Norman Bates, uh, you know, take out Janet Leigh's character in that infamous shower scene. We get background on the relationship between Norman Bates and his mother, who is played by Vera, uh, while, she was, while Norma Bates was alive. That was the name of uh, Norman Bates' mother. Norma. Norma and Norman. Uh, Wonderful show. Great acting. Thriller. uh, Some really disturbing stuff. And I think it's a great prequel for the original uh, Psycho movie. So, Khaleesi has watched it. If you guys are looking for something to binge watch, go out and find the Bates Motel. I think there were a total of four seasons. It did not get cancelled. It was set to end after four seasons. And uh, it starts when Norma and Norman buy this motel. Uh, And it ends pretty much when the Psycho movie that we got in the 60s, the Alfred Hitchcock Psycho movie, uh, at the end of the Psycho movie. But with a different ending. There are some changes that were implemented in Bates Motel that are different from the original Psycho movie. Anyway, done brilliantly. If you guys are looking for something to binge watch, I absolutely uh, recommend it. And Khaleesi also points out, and is absolutely correct, that Ryan Hurst is also in the Bates Motel. Ryan Hurst is Beta from The Walking Dead so next story this is kind of funny uh haunting of hill house which i love the haunting of uh, movies uh, miniseries on netflix the first one was haunting of hill house the latest one which just came out a few months ago was haunting of Bly manor if you guys are into the paranormal uh stuff like i am And you have Netflix, and if you haven't seen Hill House or Bly Manor, uh, they're miniseries. It's anthologies. Uh, Each season is a different story. There's been two seasons so far. Scary as hell. But this one is, The Haunting of Hill House director wants to make DC horror movie about a Batman villain. The Haunting of Hill House and Doctor Sleep director Mike Flanagan wants to make a DC horror movie focused on Batman's villain, Clayface. Now, Clayface is one of those Batman villains that I'm sure a lot of you have never heard of. You know, the most infamous Batman villain, of course, is the Joker. And then you've got, you know, Penguin, Two-Face, Bane. Uh, Those are the big ones. But Batman has had a lot, a lot of other villains that are not as known. So apparently, the director of Hill House, uh, Mike Flanagan, wants to make a movie with Clayface. Why not? Why not? Why not bring more Batman villains into the spotlight rather than replaying all the same ones over and over again, like the like the Joker, Penguin, Catwoman and on the riddler on and on and on welcome to keithy on instagram and logan uh jamie joe is giving us a smiley love face it's always a pleasure to have you on here Janie joe all right next on the list uh now this is the first look at at hillary burton uh morgan as Lucille revealed in the Walking Dead table read for the sixth and final bonus episode that we're going to get starting at the end of February that is called Here's Negan. So let me see. I have to, this website is formatted funny. Let me go ahead and adjust it. So, oops, sorry. Let me go ahead and adjust it so you guys can take a better look at this. Uh, give me one second here. La li da You know what? Let me move it on this side of the screen. There we go. So let's take a look at, uh, this table read. See if we can actually get it.
1: The Walking Dead, episode 2, here's Negan. Interior Leah's cabin, a small fire burns in the fireplace. Negan sits, staring into the fire and pouring himself a tall glass of Alexandria's finest homemade grog. Negan glances over, clearly feeling the effects of the drink and sees his black leather jacket hangs over the back of an empty chair. He regards it for a beat and swallows the last of his grog and leans forward to poke at the fire. Little pig, little pig, let me in. His eyes start to well reads. with tears. Then we smash cut to interior Negan's basement twelve years earlier. Negan moves in a frame and we see shadows moving out there and hear the hiss of a walker, and we reveal Negan's basement bunker. We hear the almost subliminal hymn of an off-screen generator. There's a little bedroom area here and a refrigerator. Negan opens the refrigerator and reveals four bags of chemotherapy drugs. He takes one out and carries it to another part of the basement where at last we meet <clears throat> Lucille. Lost her hair, but she's wearing a wild multicolored wig and looking through a box full of DVDs.
0: Mm, I can't decide which James Bond we're going
1: for. Well, we might have to skip the movie for now. As Negan hangs the IV bag, Lucille turns to the window. She listens, and after a beat, hears the hiss of a walker. The generator's still making too much noise. We're going to have to kill it. Negan shrugs it off, but still doesn't look up. Why bother? Turn the generator off a little bit, they lose interest. They always lose interest.
2: It's not like killing a person, dude. not even like killing an animal. You have to stop letting it bother you. It
0: doesn't bother me.
1: It doesn't bother me, I'm worried that I'll get used to it. She gives him a sad look, then reluctant, she nods she kisses him and makes it linger end of act four
0: what'd you guys think of that? huh? Uh, let me put the window back to the way it was uh, you know Hillary uh, looks pretty damn good uh, you know this gonna, she's gonna be great as uh, sorry I'm adjusting the window size back to the way it was Because that site was a little wonky in the way it was formatted. But I think Hillary is going to be a great Lucille. And like I said, Hillary Burton Morgan is Negan's, J.D. Morgan's, real-life wife. And uh, I think it's the first time that those two are going to be on screen together, ever. So that's the episode I'm looking forward to the most, the, the sixth one. Uh, The other five look great as well, but finally getting a backstory to Negan while his wife, uh, Lucille, is alive. And we showed that screenshot where, you know, as you saw in that table read, Lucille is undergoing chemotherapy. She is riddled with cancer and she has a green wig on in, uh, in the teaser trailer where she's just shown for a split second, someone captured a screenshot of it, and she's wearing a green wig uh, as Lucille. So I really can't wait to see how that's going to play out and how they're going to do that. So I'm just keeping an eye on the time. So let's talk about some uh legendary actors today. Okay? I want to particularly focus on uh this is I I found a, a great video uh by Watch Mojo that talks about actors who have taken on horror roles that had a profound personal effect on them after they were done filming and after they actually got to see the finished product on screen. So let's take a look at that. So let me go ahead and bring that up. And again, this is from Watch Mojo. When
2: life imitates art, it can
0: get a little scary. Let me restart it, here we go.
2: When life imitates art, it can get a little scary. Welcome to WatchMojo.com, and today we're counting down our picks for the top 10 horror movie performances that messed up actors pulling me if you watched that movie
0: where they're pulling me down
2: the bucket mm-hmm. boy you know the director if he wasn't so tired was laughing you know in the background before we begin we publish new content every day, so be sure to subscribe to our channel and ring the bell to get notified about our latest videos.
0: For this list, we're
2: looking at horror films and the roles that took a physical, emotional and psychological toll on their
0: actors. And uh, he thought that was outrageous and uh, he then made this demand on me that I said, you know what, I, I want to get out of this contract. When we are finished with Marnie, I am finished.
2: Number 10. The entire cast the Blair Witch Project. No,
1: I don't have the map. We gave it back to you after map check yesterday. You've always had
2: the map. Method acting is usually a decision made by the actor, but in the case of The Blair Witch Project, the entire cast was forced into it.
0: For 8 days of filming,
2: the actors were cold and hungry, camping in the woods of Maryland and working 24/7. At night, directors Eduardo Sanchez and Daniel Murek would shake their tents and play eerie recordings of children and
1: babies.
2: (laughs) The most traumatic thing the actors experienced was that the public actually thought they were dead, as part of a genius marketing ploy. People thought it was a real documentary, and Heather Donahue's mother even received condolence cards. So they they just gave it that little right, extra push, right. you Right. Know? They, they did not tell you what they were going to do. It no, fooled we always me. knew they we were going to do it something, we just me. never knew exactly what that thing right. was going to be. Number 9, the entire cast, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
0: The original. Menakin could be Leatherface a part of this movie. The chainsaw movie and not wielding be the serial killer, killer
2: in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and the mask he wears is the stuff of nightmares. The look of the mask was kept a secret from the actors so the first time they came face to face with Leatherface was when the cameras were rolling. It added a real level of terror because it made actor Gunnar Hansen unpredictable to his co-stars, they were actually afraid of the gentle giant. The cast agrees that the worst scene to film was the dreaded dinner scene that took 26 hours to film and was psychologically taxing. In it I was tied at my feet. And then they had taken this disgusting gag they found somewhere on the set. Someone said, "Oh, she needs a gag. Someone get something." Number 8, Janet Lee, Psycho.
0: Just about this.
2: Just watching Psycho will scare you away from showers for at least a week. But for Janet Lee, the horror was very real. For one thing, the scene took 7 days to shoot, and 7 days of showering might set anyone on edge. The real terror only set in when Lee watched the movie. After seeing herself get repeatedly stabbed on the big screen, Leigh was understandably terrified of showers. For the rest of her life, she only felt comfortable taking baths. And if a tub wow. wasn't available, she would lock up the house and never take her eyes off the bathroom door.
0: The shower sequence took up one-third of my shooting time, actually. I mean, I think I, I worked three weeks on the, on the movie. And uh, the shower... How many of you guys... Don't know that Janet Lee is Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. That's a little tidbit. If you didn't know, that's Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. Uh, Sequence took
2: seven days. Seven shooting days. Number seven, Kyle Richards, Halloween. There she is. There's nothing to be scared of. Are you sure? Most teenagers want to be independent, especially from their parents. But after Halloween, it was the last thing Kyle Richards wanted. She was only 10 when she starred in the slasher film, but it wasn't until she watched the movie that the terror set in. Seeing herself being stalked by Michael Myers freaked her out. For the next five years, she couldn't sleep alone and slept with her mom until she was 15. Luckily, wow. she outgrew her paranoia, but she's making her own kids wait to watch the movie, just to be safe.
0: I was shocked that we'd only filmed that many days. I, I thought number we were like, filming forever Linda on that it felt like it exorcist. Number
2: six, Alex Wolf, Hereditary. You okay, Mom? Disturbed, overwhelmed and horrified, these are a few emotions you may experience while watching Hereditary. The star of the movie, Alex Wolf, has experienced those emotions and so much more. Wolfe claims that being in the movie has given him PTSD, a mental disorder brought on by intense psychological or physical trauma. He's experienced flashbacks and even memory loss, which is a big deal wolf also dislocated his jaw while filming the classroom scene I just when he lowered the volume onto what I uh, thought would be a foam desk again well no one can say wolf her- hereditary is an amazing
0: movie and I showed up and it was like a foam top but it was a hard bottom and I was like okay let's do this and it hurt so bad just slamming but I wanted to nail it
2: number five Linda Blair,
0: Oh, the number five. I thought she would be number one. I mean, it was publicized like crazy how disturbed she was after watching the film.
2: Being part of the legendary horror film The Exorcist may have launched Linda Blair's career, but it came at a cost. Blair was just a teenager when the film was released, and too young to answer the spiritual questions the film provoked. Yet the press hounded her on questions about faith and the devil. Besides this psychological aspect, Blair suffered the most physically. To achieve those demonic movements, they attached Blair to a mechanism. But during filming, the straps loosened, causing spinal injury. The screams yeah. of pain you hear in that scene are very real and chilling. To this day, Blair still experiences chronic pain and suffers from scoliosis. When you're I in that you. much pain and you
0: are screaming and yelling, they thought I was one heck
2: of an actress. Number four, Tippi Hedren, *The Birds*. When you have an obsession
0: over someone. Um, it's, and it is a terrible thing to be the object of that obsession.
2: Ornithophobia is an irrational fear of birds, but for Tippy Hedren, we'd say it's completely justified. For an entire day, she was pecked, scratched, and flapped at. The attacks didn't stop until Hedren had a complete collapse, and she had to be carried off the set. The birds were supposed to be mechanical, but when she walked into the attic, there were boxes full of quote, ravens, gulls, and pigeons. And it wasn't just the birds that were attacking Hedron, but Alfred Hitchcock himself. She claims that he put her in a quote, mental prison as a result of his obsession with her, and that the use of live birds was a malicious choice. He told me he'd ruin my career.
0: Wow. I said, do what you have to do.
2: Number three, Joe Beth Williams, Poltergeist.
0: I did not know that about Hitchcock.
2: The premise of Poltergeist is that the house is built on a cemetery, which awakens a very angry ghost.
0: Here. We're running out of Literally time, Steven so I'm gonna Spielberg- go through some of these a little quicker. Every
2: day for like four or five days, with skeletons all around.
0: I can imagine. Number two,
2: Veronica Cartwright alien
0: what? What? Oh, one of the classic scenes in horror movies of all time one of the
2: most iconic scenes from this 1979 classic is the dreaded chest burster scene where a freaky alien spawn launches out of a man's chest with all the gore that goes with it to make sure the actors had genuine reactions director Ridley Scott kept the details a secret.
0: Yeah, you. I mean, you know, to pause it for fever. a second, you hear that over and over again. Directors, producers, to get the most authentic reaction from the actors, they will keep a lot of stuff secret just so the actors' reaction is really authentic and they really want them to be scared and for that to be captured on camera.
2: Found it freaky. And Veronica Cartwright ended up with her feet in the air. Many...
0: So let's see. Oh, Jodie Foster. Uh, Jodie Foster is nice number one.
2: <laughs> Came back, everybody was sitting down. We did
1: the read through of the, of the film. And by the end of it, I never wanted to talk to him again. I was. <laughs> wow.
0: Anyway, uh, you can see right there. And like I said, a lot of these directors, producers, they do this kind of stuff. Uh, it was not only Dante Linda Blair. It was done to Linda Blair's mom in the movie where they had her tied up when she got yanked across the room and she asked not to be pulled that hard. Uh, but the the director told the stunt guy who was pulling her, you know, she told he told the actress, OK, we'll be gentler. But he told the guy pulling her, do it harder. So anyway, uh, it's what they do to try to get authentic reactions. Anyway, guys, we are out of time. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. You have been amazing as always. Uh, I'll be back on the air again tomorrow night, Saturday, before uh, the one day off Sunday that we have. Check out our website, Dead Talk Live, uh, for all our information. You guys have been amazing as always. I'll see you again tomorrow. Stay safe. Stay walking. Good night.